When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are finally here to talk about the Midnight Club episode seven. Nope, episode nine and ten. The finale. We finally got to finish. We've been going two episodes at a time for the pod. And now we know just as much as you know. So let's talk about it. I'm very excited. We've kept the conversations to a minimum. I'll say the number one thing. I did not know that Flanagan wrote this to have a second season. So when I finished the finale, which I was the first of this crew to finish, I was on a tear on my phone being like, what is, what is happening? Why wasn't this explained? Like certain things <laughs> like, why didn't they go deeper into this? And then that saved it because I'm glad I told these guys because none of us knew that he wrote it for a season two. None of the other ones were written to get a season two. So we were shocked by that. But it does change the lens in which you watch these episodes. So I want to hear just like from each of you real quick. How you feeling like hot, cold? What do you got? Insane mix of emotions, because thank God you said that. Otherwise, I would have been furious because there's like six minutes left. And I'm like, mm -hmm. All right, we have at least 25 like loose ends to wrap up. So in, in the other side of it, it's really cool. If there's so much more of the story, I'm glad he didn't skip over anything. And if it needs to go through seasons to give us like the full effect, then you know it sucks that we have to wait, but it's gonna be good in the end. So um in the end, really, really excited about it because there's so much more to tell. I'll go next. Uh again, thank you, Kathleen, for letting us know because I would have been smashing the TV. If, well, I watched it on my tablet, but I would have been smashing <laughs> something if, you know, I saw that this ending was the ending without knowing there was a season two. I did see before you texted us that people were saying that it was supposed to have a season two, but it wasn't an official source. So I just threw it out the window because Flanagan never does that. So I just assumed it was bullshit. But again, thank you, because that was much needed to know that lens is definitely very important for this final episode. Loved episode nine, episode 10, even with a season two coming, I might have some hot takes about my enjoyment yeah. of it. But, you know, the fact that there is a season two, I'm very ready for it. You know, I, I, I enjoy Midnight Club and I am ready for season two, hopefully, if it gets greenlit. To be fair, Jimmy, you were on your honeymoon for most of the screener time and we couldn't do oh, this that's value. True. So yeah, that's true. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> Slasher Sib. Thank you. 
Luke? Uh, so I'll, I'll jump in and just say that, uh, yeah, like this was a gr- like a crazy good first season, but I just hate that Flanagan switched it up on us like this because we've never seen a cliffhanger episode from Flanagan. And to be honest, it's probably the weakest episode of the season. Yeah. Outside, I will say, of some of the emotional beats that, of course, hit. Yeah. The whole purpose of this season and the highlights of it for me were the characters. I really like these characters more than probably any Flanagan show. So that stuff all worked for me. And even the ending of Dusty Story, I, I fucked with. We'll talk about that, too. But mm-hmm. everything else, I was left super unsatisfied. OK, it was cool that Stanton's part of the Paragon and whatever. But and we'll talk about all that stuff. But it just and the Julia thing we call I think Kathleen or I think you call that an episode, it. too. Yeah, yeah, like that. It, that was so in your face, like obvious that we wanted it to not be that. Yeah. So it just felt like we got no good twist this season. And that's fine if everything's prepped and we do get a second season. So we'll talk I about mean, this because I loved episode nine so much. I, re- yeah, I really, too. really me enjoyed too. it. The but biggest twist is that Stanton is Athena or yeah, Athena. That's the biggest twist. And Which me and you said at the end of last episode. Are you, are you saying that's confirmed or you're hundred percent? I mean, they both. If you recall when Regina got caught and she didn't have any hair at all, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they they both have like alopecia or something and it runs in the family. You know what I mean? Like, that's a hint. They both have Athena's it on their neck. the daughter, though, right? Yeah, they both have it on their neck versus um, everyone else has it on their wrist. You see it while she's writing the journal, Athena on the neck. But when it, it seems like Stan's too old to be Athena compared well, that's to that's the point. Like Regina's supposed to be like this like fountain of youth type thing. I agree that it doesn't seem like Stanton could be Regina's daughter, but if the if if any of the Paragon shit is true, which me and Luke were discussing in the last episode, just kind of if there was some like sort of fountain of youth and they and they did the Paragon stuff and they were able to get some sort of like immortality youth thing, then I buy that. But I agree that stands a little old, but yeah. I, think I feel like it, it would be the out, opposite. Right. Because <laughs> she's is like Athena is the daughter, right? Of of Regina. Correct? Right. Right. So, you know, it, it, it checks out too because she was the one that saves all the kids like getting them out of that house in the first place. Now she goes back and saves a bunch more kids. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm totally, it lines up. I'm down with it. Um, okay. We're definitely going to have to get into this later. Cause I need to talk then. I don't know. This is definitely not I mean, up my just alley to add at all. on. Yeah. I mean, just to add on to it, her being Athena, like it makes sense when she's, when she got the journal, she burned it. She said it brought up like old memories. Cause it was her that wrote it. And then when she was like on the phone talking about the Paragon, that was what that was all about. Yeah, yeah, Man. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that it was a so, because so, when you're saying too old though, because I think you're referring to Regina looked younger, but that was also 20, 30 years in the past. Then oh, you time shit. jump. You're so, so right. She, I'm dumb. Timeline works. Oh, like she's yeah, way you're, older. Right. you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. She was the younger. You guys, are, are we you podcasters? Are we podcasters or what? Well, am I a podcaster? <laughs> no, or you. What? So wait. So wait. All right. So. Yeah. Should we talk about it now or later? My question. So I actually read this whole whole thing wrong. Like I took it as the reveal was that she's bad. And part of the power. Okay, let's save it then, because yeah, let's just okay. run through yeah, and get to it then. Because right. this, does, I'm, uh, I didn't think that, I thought we were all going to be in consensus. I guess we it's because me and Kathleen kind of came to consensus okay. at the end of seven eight that we thought she was Athena. I don't usually we were feel both, this dumb on a pod. Then. We were Basically, split on the Julia thing though. Before we jump in, me and Luke kind of settled on this thing where Athena would obviously, obviously be like "fuck you, mom" kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Get out of there, despite her 
go to real medicine, like become a real doctor yeah. and then and then bought the house in order to keep everyone else out of it from doing all that crazy shit. Like the I should listen to our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we kind of come came to a consensus of last, but we'll dig into it yeah. further. Yeah. So episode nine is called The Eternal Enemy based on the story that Spence tells. And I want to say, Luke, last episode, we said Sherry's or Sheree's the only one who hasn't told a story yet. Right. And Spence mm-hmm. actually hadn't either. We we missed him completely. And I'm glad he told one because it was great. But we kind of open um, with we find out that Sandra is the one that's being cured. And mm-hmm. I like Shocked. that. I, I, I was shocked. I thought I was going to be Alonka. I just I mean, that's ob- the obvious choice. But it being Sandra and another thing, boys, that we talked about last episode was that um, I said timeline wise, it has to be a few weeks later because like post the ritual, they would have had to get scans and someone look at it and stuff. But no, the scans are from prior Before, right. to the ritual, Which, meaning that it had nothing to do with anything. Yes, I love that that was clarified. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just makes so much more sense. And I just love the placebo aspect from Alanka. She's like, I feel it. I feel I think it's yeah. me. I, I feel it. And I'm going to go home. I'm sorry, Sandra. You know, and I was like, dude, oh. you guys, Alanka, I, I, is this a hot take? Like I was watching episode nine and I was like, Alanka, main character, but without a doubt, my least favorite character in the show. Like I like Cherie more than I like Alanka. It's so weird. In episode nine or just generally in the show? Generally all over in the show. Like for being uh, the that's hot, I think. of a show. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty hot. For episode actually. nine, I too had big secondhand embarrassment when she's like, it's me, no Sandra, sweetie. Yeah. And, and the Sandra's whole throwdown like, too. With, no. Yeah, with Mark's yeah. girlfriend too. And I was like, Kev she just had a, she just had a bunch of sketch moments. And like, I know she just thought she was going to live. And then that world came crashing down. But I was like, mm-hmm. Alonka girl, you're, you're making it hard for me to root for you. This yeah. is actually like now I feel like there's a lot to, more than I thought to talk about just because yeah. I want to I want to dive into that part, too, about the cure and everything. But continue. OK, so really quickly, we end the episode with Kevin being the old woman in the basement. So Alanka brings him up. He has this dream about the old man. They wake up. He wakes up in a tizzy. Alanka's taking care of him. Basically, she, he is now absolutely crowned <laughs> gaslighter of the century as i said yeah. in episode two or something like that he's the he's i don't really like kevin by the end either that may be my hot take i mean it's pretty he's hot fine but like i like the other ones better this quote-unquote side characters i think they're like funnier and cooler alanka and kevin are the ones that are like broodier and i i mean i guess that <laughs> happens when your character's more fleshed out right i mean kevin just makes it so hard at, at the end, like he's such a good character, I still like him. But the fact that Alonka is like sharing all this deep information because she probably feels very vulnerable because she thinks she's crazy, and Kev's like, "Nah, no idea what you're talking about." It's like if you knew this whole time, why would you at least make her feel not crazy? Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Especially because he even did the whole yeah, I'm seeing like the different walls and the time travel kind of stuff and. Mm. Like and, that's total gaslight because she brought that up straight up. And he's like, nah, nah, I, I'm kind of annoyed with myself that I didn't kind of put uh, that together, that he would see the old man. I know it's very hard, but like I was waiting for him in episode one. We got that flash of him with his overalls real quick. And then we like almost never see him again. Mm-hmm. But we do get, you know, the pictures of Kev, you know, on the bench 
um, with there. And it's just like, it, it was alluding to it the whole time. And the fact that, uh, I mean, Flanagan just wrote it so well that it's kind of in front of your face. And when you see it, you're like, Oh fuck, how did I not notice? So but it's really, really cool. Why did he show they didn't even need to have that singular interaction? Cause to me, that just defeats the, like, you can't guess that because we did see the guy through Alonka. It's like what we see him sometimes, but not a lot. That's the part where I didn't like, that wasn't a guessable thing for us. I don't think we, yeah, it's confusing but, because you you're, you saw him first. Yeah, but the guy. Yeah. Yeah, the old guy. Yeah, it the only been reason, all or nothing. That's well, the only I'm reason I'm saying. saying that is because when Alonka would have these visions and and nightmares, she would see the old lady most of the time. She right. saw that old guy once or twice, but then she would also see Kev. Like it wouldn't be, you wouldn't see his face, but like it would elude. She would snap out of it, and Kev would be there. So she was the only one. Yeah involved in the visions like you wouldn't see Anya in any of these when she was having her episodes so I mean it was kind of there but I agree it, it would have been super hard to guess but as soon as it's revealed it's like well Flanagan no also sense. does a really good job at making you think that Kevbot just really is likes her and he's kind of stalking her for the first couple where she's like wandering off and then she snaps out and he's like whoa whoa you're all right it seems like he's just following her because he likes her and they even allude to that between their own conversations. So it's there, like you're saying, Paul, 100%. But he does kind of do the red herring pretty well with trying to fake you out. But I was wondering if it was going to be one of those things where she's the woman and he's the man. You know what I mean? Like she's acting out the women, the woman and he's acting out the man. But that's not even close to being right, because, you know, he sees the guy and she sees the girl. And when she pulls the girl around it's kev bot so it's just that's just not going to be a thing at all it's just they see the old old woman more as the girl and he see and kevin sees the guy more well the whole thing wrench it flag on the play is that she saw him in the mirror at the party when she fainted like that brings it so early it's like what is going on she's not even in the halls of bright cliff they must have been calling to her i mean Without knowing that we were getting a season two, none of this was answered besides the little clipping on the wall. And the very last scene is supposed to be like, okay, the original owners are the man and woman. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Cool. I was guys. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, right. And and they just did nothing with that reveal by the end of a Kevin's the old woman. But we get nothing from it. Everyone. Mm -hmm. All the kids are like, it's a shared delusion, guys. You're nuts. (laughs) Honestly, you could you could. I'm not saying it would be a great show, but you could tell this this story and end it here without the old man and woman stuff and just make it be a show about the kids in hospice telling their scary stories. And I agree. That's the end of the show. Like this would actually have been a good first season and a good ending with them both finishing their stories. And then the show's over. Don't do the Paragon thing. with Athena and just end it. I'm not saying no, it would be, I wouldn't have been happy. I'm not saying no, I'm you would have to literally rewrite the entire show oh, to okay, not have okay, the okay. scary yeah, ass. Yeah. I'm saying if the old man and woman storyline didn't exist, you could have a mm-hmm. show about kids in hospice dealing with totally death yeah. and telling yeah. their midnight club stories. And the stories are the main part of the show, because if you think about it, like Kathleen said, if you didn't know there's a season two, they basically ended the season with okay we're finishing up their stories that they're telling mm-hmm. they gave mm-hmm. us the two endings and they were good two endings and then the end for the for the season 
just to jump in, I'm sorry, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but is, is the next scene we get them at the table with Alonka and Kevin just explaining everything? Right after Natsuki and Amesh, morning after. Yeah. Love that. That's amazing. Dad for the kids. Come on. <laughs> They're my favorite Alonka's couple. reaction was so good. She's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so happy, okay. just smiling. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, Paul, go ahead. So does Natsuki just like tell us what the old men and old women are. I'm like, I I basically took that as truth, you know, what maybe with the certain ghost, whatever she was talking about, it was a different ghost. It's not the same one. There's multiple of these, but I mean, the way she says like, I'm hungry. I want to feed. She's right over Anya, right before Anya dies. I was like, all right. So like Natsuki got told a a folk tale, but it's actually the twist, right? That you nailed that. Didn't you, you kind of, had that theory yourself in like episode five six yeah when she was over anya i kind of thought that they were like feeding i thought it was more feeding off of like their death not feeding off of the years that they didn't right have. right, right. Mm-hmm. um but but yeah it was but as soon as natsuki says that it's like all right confirmed that's the old man and woman in my head I mean, whatever I'll, man i wrote your name in my notes just take the compliment okay? yeah, I, i'm fucking taking it don't, i was don't, surprised don't i was surprised that a mesh wasn't one of the ones that said, I feel you when they start telling their story about what they're seeing, because my take was that maybe you're seeing the old man and woman, the closer you are to death, because that's how Anya explained it from her old roommate. And a mess was telling Noski that he's starting to see things out of the corner of his eyes. And he's starting to, you know, he thinks he's on his way to death. So, so, me and Luke talked about this again last episode, the different entities of the shadow versus the man and woman. Mm-hmm, so right. the man and woman, I think, are literally only seen. I don't think anyone has seen the man and well, woman. That's, they just yeah. see the shadow. So we were discussing kind of are they the same entity? Or are they two separate entities? What do you guys think? We kind of landed was- on who knows. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> took me until right now with Amesh is saying, you know, he's losing his vision. I took that as that shadow separate entity is literally death. You know, that is Tristan was seeing it and then she died. Anya, we, we saw her when she was getting close. She was seeing the shadow everywhere, but never once did we see her see the old lady. Okay, so you're saying that the shadow could be symbolism, but then the old lady and the old man are a thing. Well, I'm, I'm, it could be, I'm not saying it's symbolism. I'm saying that's literally death coming to like, well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. So, like, symbolism. It's real. They're seeing it. Only the one dying, though, because we know Alanka and Kevbot didn't see it when Anya was dying. So I guess that's fine. And then that could be two separate Mm -hmm. entities. You can't be. And I and I'm going to go with symbolism or actual death doesn't matter. Like you can't really make it two separate entities besides that and and really make it some kind of story that you're really going to explain that makes sense. You know, you've got to have one set of freaking ghosts and be done with it unless, you know, death is just, you know, the shadow's death. And that's what each kid is seeing as they die. That's fine. They have the same boss. That's what I said. I don't, last want, I don't want two supernatural beings that are separate from each other trying to throw down over over the. I don't think they're fighting. I think it's no, two different jobs. Who's their boss it, then? At the end of episode one, though, like the last thing you see is the shadow chase Alonka. So that has zero payoff then. And it doesn't really make sense with like close to death because she lived. And, you know, that that's the only part that doesn't really track there. I definitely was uh, just about to bring up the only part that that doesn't line up with exactly Alanka seeing this shadow 
wait, a, wait, a was lot. That? Uh, in the, the last a lot in the beginning, episode well, one. Yeah, it was definitely a lot in the beginning, and yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I'm literally just pulling this up out of my butt right now to make it make sense. Maybe, <laughs> like I said, like the the old man, the old lady are kind of working in tandem with you know death, the shadow, or whatever. Um, they have so an agreement. If she got, yeah, like if she got possessed by this uh, old lady from the get go, when she's not even there, that's another thing that I'm a little confused about. Um, like she saw these when she was still at like the college party in episode one, mm-hmm. but once she did, did get the vision and she got the ghost. So maybe it's like, all right, you're possessed by this lady. And this lady knows that she works with this hooded shadow figure. Um, it's like, you know, the, the, the fish that go in and clean out the, the mouths of the bigger fish, like in the sharks and stuff like that. <laughs> They're working in tandem. Death They're comes working in, in and tandem. Co- the old man, the old lady want to eat the, the years out of it. But first, death, death has to just, come and yeah. yank the life out of them and then they can feast. All right. Feast. So moving forward, just to push us forward, I'm sure we'll keep having these conversations. Paul had mentioned Tristan. So speaking of Tristan, and uh, something that yeah. absolutely flopped in my eyes yeah, was that Sandra was the one on the intercom. Yeah. I want spooky. I want real ghost spooky Tristan coming through and and talking to us. I was so sad. We did see Tristan's ghost, though, for a second. That yeah. literally when happened. Not walked by. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, is so confusing. Dude, I'm so almost sad. thinking... I hope that everything was thought out. Like I'm starting to question because we're not going to have answers and maybe ever like, are these plot holes? Like, cause the whole, the whole male farmer ghost in the scene in scene one is kind of blowing up everything, right? Like it Mm -hmm. seems like that's basically making all of our theories fall apart. And then I'm just really hoping that we get a season two because it feels like a lot of this is, it was almost impossible to guess anything besides the identity of Julia and the identity of Athena and the identity of Regina for me, unless you're <laughs> Jimmy. It's, yeah. That's, that's what's different about this show compared to the other Flanagan shows. I feel like well, there wasn't anything to guess. Here's the thing. And I think we're starting to get some kind of theme here where Flanagan came out hot with Hill house, which I'm not saying anything about any of his other shows being bad. They're all great. I love them all. That's why we cover them. But he came out hot with Hill House, and that was a spooky show. Yeah. And that was very, very supernatural with ghosts in the background at every second, and everything just made sense supernatural-wise. And, you know, it was all, even the time travel kind of stuff, which is very hard to do, it all made sense in a vacuum, and we had a phenomenal, spooky show. Bly came out, and we wanted spooky. And I remember covering it on the pod, and there being the specific part where we're seeing these ghosts at different parts of the house and there's the dollhouse and it's the, and we're seeing they're, they're being placed in different parts of the house. And I'm going, man, this is going to be sweet because it's going to be some kind of crazy, supernatural, spooky stuff. But then it very quickly turns obvious into the more of the love story. And again, Kathleen, dab it out. Great, (laughs) great show. But we said on the pod, not really spooky anymore. Midnight Mass was obviously spooky, but it was a different kind of spooky. It's like, here's a monster. We're looking for spooky. Like you're like you're saying that Sandra thing fell so flat for me because Mm -hmm. I was so pumped when we heard it out of the speaker. And And I was thinking it's Tristan and this and that. And then the Sandra reveal, I was like, "Mm, yeah, listen, on the other hand, 
Sandra in this scene is really sweet. She did it out of a uh, good of her heart. She, she saw that everyone was kind of giving up hope. So she did it. First of all, we haven't really talked about this. Sandra being the one who's cured, right? She's going through so much. Not only is she yeah. have to tell the rest of the crew, everyone in there thinks they're dead, right? Death mm-hmm. sentence. That's what the whole show is about. Dealing with your mortality, you know, and now mm-hmm. she has to tell them that she's living. But not only that, it's not like she's cancer free. She's just right. not like she has to go through all the tests, all the chemo, all everything all over again. So she's like devastated and everyone was like acting weird. So I'm I'm glad that within this scene in the library, everyone like was I, it may be the next scene, but everyone's finally like good again. Right. right. That felt well, flat for me. But the when she shows up for Midnight beats, Club. The beat, the emotional beats hit the spooky beats flat. Right. And that's what we've been saying about his last couple shows. And that's just the point I was trying to make. Alonka patronizing Sandra in that scene made yes. me want to punch her. Me and too. then I wanted to punch her again in this the Kevin's girlfriend. Yeah, scene. yeah. Dude, I fell in love with Kevin's girlfriend because she finally got some personality here and she was so mean to her. Yeah. Know? And then Kevin's Kevin's a dick to her in the next episode. We'll talk about it. It was okay. It worked out and it was nice for everybody. But the way he broke up with her was awful. And then him hooking up with Alonka right away. I hated all that. Catherine deserved better. Yeah. (laughs) Catherine is justice for Catherine. Girl in Dusty's story, right? The actress that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Man, he's Um, killing her, dude. Yeah. So and then we get a quick scene with Spence being like, bro. Don't even you're obsessed with Lanka. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. break it off like your life is short, basically, which we find out what the end of the story. Kevin's whole deal is he's trying to make everyone else better, like, OK, even in his last moments, like mm-hmm. he doesn't want to hurt anyone else. And it's like he wants his memory to be good. Yeah, to everybody. That's the only thing that's left of you after you die. And he wants everybody to have a happy memory of him. And that's why he won't break up with. What's her name again? Catherine. Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Won't break up with Catherine because she doesn't deserve to be upset and have a bad memory of him before he dies. But he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about just her. Yeah. Moving on. Um, really sweet. Mark and Spence. Like I said, Mark is just pure good. He brings <laughs> Spence to this little queer gathering so we can be around people like him. You know, he's I mean, he's just seen himself as defected as we see from his story or an outcast, but being around people who aren't scared, right. Who are, who are rallying or fighting against it. It was, it was a good experience for Spence. Yep. It made me so sad though. Cause obviously like at this point he's going to die, right? Like mm-hmm. he's in the home and everything and yeah. everyone's fighting and he's not going to be able to see the like better life that right, right. people like me Did, live in in right. 2022. I get to just be gay as fuck anywhere I want. <laughs> and they did anybody not. think that Spencer and um, I'm glad Mark they did kiss. it. I'm glad they oh, did. me too. So close. So mad. Yeah, I would have been so, so creepy. I would so have been like, was your fucking think, nurse. Yeah, I was thinking it in the way where I'm like, please don't. And I'm glad <laughs> because please, the, the love the, of God. It's just it's just a really great story between the two of them that they can do that. And it doesn't have to turn into some romantic storyline. It's just QB one is just being a great person. Yeah. I want to go back to uh, me talking about episode one and two and be like, I don't know about Mark. He's he's a little sketchy. and just slap the shit on myself. Yeah. Well, Mark is the best character. He's hot. I mean, Mark, obviously, at this point, great guy. There's no turn. 
Kev Bot was the other option, and he's not going to have a turn. So he, he not necessarily that we love him. Like Mark is way better than Kev Bot in my eyes, but we thought maybe one of them is going to be secretly a sketch bag, and that's not apparently yeah. the answer for now. Wait, no. you know what? I wanted to bring this up at the top. Fucking the eat the secret Kate Carla mm-hmm. Hannah. You know what this. it is? It's in I looked freaking, it up. It's in Anya. Did you do you know what it is, Luke? You seem like no, the only one. I have one no idea not. what you're talking so, about. So I was going to okay, give you my Kate guesses. Kate Siegel, <laughs> Hamish Link, Linklater, oh. and Carlo Gugino. Yeah. They are in in episode Anya when Anya is like done work, sitting on the couch, watching like an SVU type thing. They're the voices. You don't see their faces, but when you listen, it's clearly Kate. I don't think I hear Carla, but I hear Kate. No, and so Hamish Carla crazy. is. Carla's separate than the, than them on oh, the okay. SVU show, but there is, she is a voice too. You're telling me Kate Siegel isn't Regina? I definitely thought. So Kate okay, was listen, Regina. listen to this. No. We already okay. went over that, that, didn't we? Well, that was <laughs> young Regina and older Regina. I swear so, to God, it was like you Kate know who she is though. Now that you've like looked at her face, she's good. And she yeah, she's she's from the other shows. Flanagan said like you won't get them and if you do i'm so proud of you making it and i again this kind of fell flat for me because you really want to do all three of them as a as a voice tell me to look for them yeah don't Mm -hmm. tell me to look for them and then they're a voice you know i Mm -hmm. i honestly thought they were going to be someone in the story that's like heavily made up or something so that's why i was looking for it and i really did think that regina's smile was like kate siegel so i was like oh is that her made up and then i looked it up and i was like no it's not her it didn't need to be Henry Thomas level, but come on. Like they could, I, yeah. I thought one of them was going to be in the witch story in the de- like in the people that are dead while Alanka's mm. walking with her mom. I thought I was looking. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. find it, but I don't, I don't even care about a voice acting. Yeah. Like a voice. My friend Kevin but. texted me and said five. He was on episode five and he said, wow, did they have to put like Kate in all this makeup to be the um, doctor? And I said, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, how many Dang. hours did she spend in the makeup? I go, Kevin, that's not her. What are you talking about? That's I funny. was like, and he was like, no. He goes, for five episodes, I've been mad that sh- they went through these lengths to put her in this that's makeup. Like, that's you're, you're wow. crazy. That's not even close. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Kevin, but it's not even close. <laughs> Better than my guest. My guest was Kate Siegel as. Um, Regina and then Hamish yeah. and Hot Mama were the two old haunted people that haunt. That'd be sweet. I mean, you don't see them. Like, they're my only other guesses. I know it's not my time to talk about it, but let's talk about our boy Henry Thomas for one second. Loved him Hot. for his little cameo. <laughs> yeah, he's so, he's good. so good. Phenomenal. We, we gave him his props. He was, yeah. he was fire in that. We interviewed him on the pod, guys. You could check that you out. Check that out. <laughs> okay, so next we have Shasta and this is the Julia Jane reveal. Alanka goes there upset after the Catherine thing. She's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Can I stay here? Apparently the food there is the best you'll ever have. Weird. Anyway, we get the Julia Jane reveal. Pretty anticlimactic for me. And I also yeah, think that all of us probably Shasta is just like I was watching this like her stock was dropping every second. I was like, she is such a sketch bag. And obviously this is I texted all of you, I think. And I said, I'm so mad we didn't call this because we said she seems desperate. She seems like she needs Alanka. We should have called that she's sick, re-sick. We should have called mm-hmm. that. That well, feels yeah. like something that Bingetown TV should have called. 
I wasn't yeah. on the one episode, but the one where she was talking to Alanka and she was like, do you have a diary? Can I, can I, can I see it? Can I at least yeah. read a little yeah. bit of it? I was like, you are so overstepping your line. You are so, it's so clear that you are, you are fiending for this right now. So, okay, here you go. Why did she want the, okay. So the journals, Athena, is that okay? That's fine. Cause she wanted yeah. to, but she had it at one point, but you may, it was 30 years ago. You forget, you know what okay. I mean? Like you need that yeah. you, you need to the line by line, but it's, she never actually got it again. So obviously she yeah. knew enough of it to go. And so to my defense, I'm just going to say that I did not think she was Julia. I was leaning the Regina side. So that's why I didn't think she was sick. So uh, take it out on Jimmy and Paul and yourself. Well, <laughs> the thing, yeah, the thing about the way this show went is we called Julia so quick because it just seems mm-hmm. so obvious. It's, and then just, well, it was too obvious. It was like yeah, oh, it was too obvious, yeah. obvious red herring. And then like, I nope. think that she Kathleen, you did like the stock went up to down. And I honestly yeah. think it was like a bell curve because she was sketchy as shit. And then for like a couple episodes, I was like, she seems like she's helping. And maybe they are going to like red herring us and make her like a good person. And Stan's actually going to be the evil one. Right. And then like what Paul was saying, when she starts asking for the book, it's like, and you guys can't see me right now, but I'm doing the bell curve. And I'm like, oh, here comes the sketchiness. And she goes right <laughs> back down. And and then, you you know, I guess she was Julia. Now, I didn't guess that she was sick again. I just guess she was trying to do what Regina did. And she's just like, I want to be immortal pretty much so my one thing that i'm just super confused about julia jane and shasta now when she's older like obviously we we didn't see it because they didn't give it to us maybe we'll get it in season two but why is the book back in the library like if she was jerking off about this (laughs) journal the whole time and she wants it it has all the answers why would she put it back back. in the library who put it there is well they said julia put it there because well it Whose drawings was was Alanka looking at that gave her the Dewey Decimus? Julia's, but that was in the that was in the file that were that Stanton left the door unlocked after Alanka, sneaky Alanka was like, give me those files. And she was like, no, but didn't lock the door and didn't do anything with them. Like, if you don't want somebody to figure something out, get rid of the file. That's going to yeah. explain it. to them. So I, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like if she, this, this journal has all the answers and she wants it more than anything, why fucking put it back on the shelf? Like they talk so, about, oh, we'll make up a really good story. That's jumping forward a little bit, but like yeah. we're going to make up a story. You're going to be walking around the woods and all this, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Well, the the, only, the only thing that I could think of is if she's trying to recruit more people again at some point and they could find it. But, you know, you're it's like you're hiding it into a needle in a haystack. So, again, I agree with you. I, I don't really understand either. Yeah. Maybe we'll get answers in a stuff. What's up, Steph? <gasps> I, no, that actually that actually tracks because that's exactly what happened, Jimmy. That's she did recruit Alanka. She needed Alanka to help her get in there. That almost works. But, I agree, yeah, it works. But why finds it? Why leave the the original journal? Why not like leave like messages and be like other stuff? Why why not recreate something to leave signs? Right. And, well, and not, leave the gold mine there. I'm not being a dumbhead, dumbass here, right? There's the book that was in the library, and then there's the Midnight Club journal that was in the, the yeah. basement yes yeah okay and and she left both yeah i mean she may have left in a in a hurry i don't know let's exactly. move past well, that I mean, because we'll never we'll get an answer it. so we're gonna be right back right after spence's story so i'm sure we'll talk about this some more but um so it's the midnight club again sandra gets very sweetly embraced which i was very happy about everyone's Agreed. happy for her Agreed. which they need to be um, but now we've got Spence's story, which was great. I love a I love a fucking futuristic bot droid. Sci-fi, it's yep. Spence bot. 
Um, but mm-hmm. the, the moral of the story basically is about not being defective, like character flaws right, and right, flaws, right. like don't make you any less perfect. Like you got to love yourself. You got to love everybody else type deal, which is Spence's whole storyline, right? His mm-hmm. whole character arc, which I love. Right. So at, you guys want to talk about anything specific in the story? Um just one little Easter egg, and I don't think it's alluding to anything. I think it's just a shout out to Stephen King. Rel, which is Spence's character in his own story, is reading Dead Zone by Stephen King. Mm. When we got uh, Kevin telling his story about Dusty in the beginning, he pulled out of his locker the original um, Stephen King, uh, the Dark Tower series, the first book. And mm. it, it's so good, too, because it's it was, you know, in the 90s or whatever that or, I'm not exactly sure of the date, but it was the correct book cover because my mom loves the Dark Tower series. Oh, I love that. Uh, and like she has all the OG books when they came out back in the day. And then that is the correct cover art. So love it's that. just so good. And I don't I don't think there was any hit, hidden meaning. I think it was just a shout out to Stephen King, one horror writer, like shouting out, you know, is Definitely. probably his uh, inspiration. How are you going to possibly bring that up before bringing up Mega Man X? I was going to let you guys say that. (laughs) You know what the hitting meaning behind that is, right? It's just Flanagan being like, it's the best game of all time. (laughs) I I hope so. Cyborg thing works perfectly with it. It's awesome. It was the intro level. level. It was the intro level. And the fucking dude suck and can't get past the tutorial. It's funny as shit because... It's. I text you guys right away, and I thought it was going to be only that part where you see it, but then it pans, and you see a lot more. Like they show yeah. it in the background, multiple a lot scenes. Yeah, of yeah. the Love intro it. level, they went from yeah. the giant bee to riding on cars. Yep. And Hell yeah. <laughs> we didn't get to see zero though. That's true. Uh, the storyline itself for the for Spence's whole um, ghost making ghosts was you know i liked it a lot i really did um but i was laughing so hard at kevin interrupting constantly about the football yeah names. Like, i i actually the commissioner yeah, <laughs> yeah the orcas and the 99ers and that was yeah. his, that was his correction dude they had to they had to hustle the straight so you know you gotta use those fake <laughs> yeah. names. i love that that was <laughs> such a genius cool little twist of the story um you know him being a cyborg he's actually manipulating the magnetic vhs tapes and he's getting like a little bit of the future just so genius because it's him trying to remember um yep. mm-hmm. and i thought they were an awesome couple fuck it dude cyborg yeah. i'll take it a cyborg he was he was nice <laughs> so yeah right love that but yeah very sweet that's our i guess no it's not our last true one because obviously they finished next episode but now we've got the climax of this episode being Shasta coming in absolutely hot, like a bat out of hell, being like, take me now. They rip down as soon as she points to the middle and Alanka's like, should I go in the middle point? And she's like, no, yeah. I was yeah. like, this is brutal. <laughs> and then there is a staircase in the basement. Stanton comes flying down and saves the day. And Alanka was more pissed that she let Julia Jane go instead of saving the the women i was like girl alanka is just like on Dude, one worst yeah. alanka episode ever like i, I yes. can't i still can't get over it terrible yeah. alanka episode i mean don't ever drink the tea basically that is the moral of every story <laughs> don't drink the tea especially when someone's like do it yeah <laughs> hurry don't up and do that drink up <laughs> As it was, so, I, I, it, was it wasn't a good look for alanka 
All right, so let's get down to business about what we think was happening during this ritual. What do you think, like you guys were saying, you guys might think that uh, Shasta, a.k.a. Julia Jane, is actually still sick and she's trying to get rid of it. Um, The first thing I thought of was Regina, when she did the ritual, caught something, was stuck with it, almost cursed with it. She tricks Julia Jane into thinking, oh, I'm going to cure you. Actually gives Julia whatever the curse is. Julia Jane, a.k.a. Shasta, has this curse. And she's trying to pass it off on to Alanka. Well, uh, so I don't know, because Alanka was about to just die by the poison right there if she drank it. Well, here's 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 where I'm going here. Point. And I, I mean, I, it's funny that you're saying that because we with Kevin's story, it's kind of like similar where the the demon or whatever is coming out into the next person. Um, Honestly, where I'm going with this is I think the Colts bullshit. And I think the entire cult story is bullshit. I think that Julia actually was, you know, exactly like Sandra was Sandra, where we pretty much have proof that Sandra was cured before they did the ritual. So I'm just saying that I think that we're going to have just a cult an actual cult that's bullshit where Mm -hmm. Julia was an accident and accident, quote unquote, meaning they did the ritual and she just got cured, you know, with remission. And then, then Sandra, right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, but then we have Sandra doing the same thing. Now it doesn't take the spookiness out of the show because the spookiness still has to deal with the old man, the old lady. But I just think that it, I I mean, it just seems like they're the the story that he's telling is it's bullshit. So the odds that she's cured. Julia, what are the odds after the week with Regina? What the fuck are the odds? Yeah, you know what I mean? No, what were you going to say? We have to focus on the idea that Anya went through this ritual as the center person and saw the shadow piece and died. It's like all of that has to come into play here because I don't know. Is she just like crazy and she's seeing a shadow monster? Oh, coincidentally? Because like that's well, part of it. And then what was what were they going to what were they going to do in that ritual that Shasta told Alanka about to and the kids did it all and like what what happened because whatever happened there Shasta wanted to recreate it for herself because she's putting the blood on her head like she's Anya so that's the part that's well, really that's making the, me like I'm not really understanding the problem here is that at first I was going wow that's very like I don't know if funny is the right word but like convenient in a way where or ironic I guess is the word I want where it's like Sandra, the one who doesn't believe in the cold shit and is only there out of the kindness of her heart for Anya is accidentally the one who gets cured by the ritual and Anya doesn't like I thought that was where they were going until they said, well, actually, her tests were three weeks ago or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, the you know, Malanka tells this to Shasta and says this isn't it didn't work like we put it on Anya and now we found out that Sandra is cured. You know, you would think that Julia slash Shasta would be like, oh, shit. Like, I mean, she's doing the blood to herself and she's hope, like, what if it cured Alanka and not her? Like, I, I just think this whole thing is just confusing. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm on the train with you, Jimmy, and I'm not necessarily saying I would like it, but I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if all this ritual just did nothing. It was just pure coincidence that Julia Jane was misdiagnosed. What I was saying, the ritual <laughs> might be bullshit. So, Luke, what you're saying here is when. Anya is about to OD. She sees death or the shadow. Well, right after the ritual, she pretty much 
goes into the coma and is going to die and dies anyway. So maybe it's just again, she's seeing death. Yeah. So it's very convenient that that's the timing of it where she's they're doing this ritual for her and she's like, holy shit, what's happening to me? But she's actually dying. She's just dying. Okay, so then next question would be, is it just a total coincidence that Anya was able to come back from the other side and fix the, the ballerina and that had nothing to do with the ritual? Because I right. feel like whatever did, yeah, the ritual like did I, I, allowed her to do that. Uh, I was, oh, I was just see, getting, I was just, she was on the other side, she death. passed on, yeah. and then she was able to give a sign. I, right. I think the ritual was just bad time. Okay, unrelated. Right Unambiguous, she she's the bitch, just like she said. She fixed yeah. that fucking the limb. Cold. And needs to be in the story because the cold is what makes the midnight club a thing. My my last comment on this is the, while Shasta's doing this whole thing, Alanka is like, what about the sacrifices? What about the personal sacrifices? So they were two, they seem to be two completely different rituals. Um, I don't know exactly what they were aiming for for Shasta's, but like it just seems like something something doesn't add up that they're like they're doing the different processes and they're not going to have the same outcome. So if somebody did get accidentally healed in the first one, somebody's not going to get accidentally healed in this second one. I, I, right. it's just, I think there's a reason why they said Sandra's thing was three weeks or two weeks or whatever it was weeks before the tests were. All right, let's move forward. Uh, so just saying young Julia Jane is giving Sadie sink. Like she just is. Yeah. And I, I, it's the red hair maybe, but even something in the face, I was like, that is max anyway. So Stanton has this conversation with Alonka. She's kind of like, you're so annoying. <laughs> like, I, why don't, why do you trust this bitch in the woods and not me? I, and I'm yeah. totally on Stanton's side here, you know? And Alonka ends up being like, I want to go home. She's like, I won't tell anybody. Stanton's like, fuck, I'm not mm-hmm. telling anybody. You're annoying. I'm telling everybody. So Alonka says she wants to go home. Now, the next few scenes are like a, a couple quick scenes. We see a lot of people. So Natsuki and Amesh. You're seeing that Amesh's motor skills are are failing. His eye, which is obviously something with his sickness, when your eye starts eyesight starts to go, it's getting right. worse, right? So that's when Sandra's doing her goodbyes and very sweet, very emotional hugs Amesh and is like, "I'll see you again." And that his like little like pause yeah. hesitation yeah. is so devastating. Like that that's hurt. not a given that I'll see you again, and that makes me so fucking sad. Right, right. I might hear you again, but I might not see you again. Uh, um, yeah, or or both. Gonna, yeah, that, right, yeah, yeah, right. Anya's story, when we get the Anya episode, and it's just her in a coma and her being healed in the future, she goes in therapy, she goes on and says, like, everybody died. This person died. This person died. Amesh, yeah. the way he went was the worst of them yeah, all. And right. I, I know it's, you know, it's not true. It was just like, but I really hope it's not foreshadowing because yeah, it looks like a mesh is going to have a really, really tough, uh, you know, end of the line. And I was, I was like this close to crying um, <laughs> on this scene with Natsuki and a mesh is talking it out because they're like, fuck man, it's happening. Yeah. yeah if they, if they yeah. figure out this ritual healing shit, he should be first in line. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the yeah. I can't yeah. believe they haven't shown him playing the PlayStation one time, man. He yeah. deserves. <laughs> I know. What He's game would he be playing? Pixar didn't have Mega Man X. Would you rather be playing video <laughs> well, that games? Wouldn't, that wouldn't have come out yet. Nazi for... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, they Crash Bandicoot probably or like, <laughs> I don't know. That's actually interesting. Tony Hawk? I'm, I'm trying to remember the original PlayStation games. The Twisted Metal might have been one of them. Grinch, that's still Christmas. And that one. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> next scene is Rhett coming in, which I think is 
this ret scene made me feel like it's the scene that made Alonka want to stay because she was out, right? Like right. she the next scene is her at the pre-knee, but the ret scene was really cute. Um, I liked that we got to see him kind of close that storyline out. R.I.P. Anya, the best. The leg is fixed. And we've already talked about this, but I took it as Anya just got across, right? She said, what can I do? She's she's looking at all the options, what she could do as a ghost. And and that's like one of the things she could do. And she knew Alanka would notice that because they had a conversation about it. It was part of it was part of Anya's story when she told that she threw the the ballerina mm-hmm. and it broke the leg, the same leg type deal. So I thought that was cute. I was glad they did it. And I was glad that Alanka wrote the obituary that made Rhett go. Wow. Whoever wrote this really knew her. I was like, ah, right. a friendship. Yeah. Really good, really good. Yeah. And and the statue was pretty genius because, uh, you know, Anya was saying, um, I'm going to do it in a clear and obvious way. And when you got uh, Sandra talking on the intercom and Spence kind of like looking at that, that, you know, that's yeah. not clear and obvious. This seems pretty fucking clear. Mm-hmm. It also makes me think like in the afterlife, wherever Anya is, like she's she's healed. You know what I mean? Yes, it, yeah, it, yeah. it translates to her yes. being right. I'm whole again. Better. Yes. Which I, I do appreciate the fact that they have these stories so that you could bring Ruth Cod as the actress back. And, yes. you know, right. Anya's actress, she can be other characters and still be in the show, even though her character passed away. I totally agree, Jamie. OK, so the pre-need scene, we don't really have to go into it, but I loved it. The epitaph yeah. they did was so fucking cute. Mm-hmm. Niagara mm-hmm. Falls. 25 yeah. <laughs> seconds of sobbing for me. I was yeah. like, you're really good, Paul. You held it together for nine and a half episodes. And then they got to this. And, I, and just seeing Tim having to fucking take that, like yeah. her foster dad, just hearing the words, I want you to read this at my funeral. And him yeah. just yeah. sobbing. I was like, oh, my God. First time she, she calls, calls him, him dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah awesome. like, yeah. Really <laughs> And also passage. the music here really yeah. stuck, stuck out to me. I was Shout like, this is the- Flanagan. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our the, homies, the Newton, the Newton brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Paul's when all that's right left now, of dude. me is love, yeah. give me. Oh my god, <laughs> it was good. It was a good scene. Man. <laughs> got me. I'm not crying. That's You're a crying. first. That's got to be a first for first the pod. First time crying on the pod. I think. I, quote me. I feel, if, like, I, I feel like Kyle might have got close once talking about something. I can't remember what it was though. <laughs> So Kevin breaks up with Catherine. Thoughts? Anything? Well, Luke said. Luke said he didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, he could have just used the better cliche way of doing it. He just didn't even like say anything. Yeah, like this so, is going to be. There's so much is, more than this what's is unsaid. This is on him, and I'm assuming that they had off screen more of a conversation, but she assumed right. But like, he's just like, we need to talk, and that could be like, hey, I'm about to die tomorrow. It could be anything, right? So he's like, we need to talk. And she's like, oh, OK, what? And he like you said, he didn't say anything. He says like one word. It's yeah. just whatever, you know, clean break. You don't have to watch me deteriorate more like this is good for both of us. That's what you say. Everybody's mm. good. She's receptive. She's cool. Boom. I'm happy. And then you oh. go and hook up with Alonka like she's good. Fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, how I, I felt. <laughs> Catherine's yeah. literally here, like standing by him, trying like Alonka rips into her saying, like, you're you're trying to parade him around like and you don't think about his pain. And I'm thinking Catherine's just trying to, like, do nice things. She's trying to yeah. live a yeah. normal yeah. life. She's trying to live a normal life and have a picnic on a beach. She's not trying to, like, force Kevin and, to do what and she wants. So I'm like, Alonka, fuck used- off. Yeah, he said Alonka was out of line, but she wasn't wrong. And I see both ways. And no, I think that's what that's I said. It's two sides the- of the coin. The 
darkness of like it sucks to be the person dating someone who's dying and it sucks to be the one who's fucking dying. There is literally no solve for it. It blows. And that is a good portrayal of it. And mm. it is what it is. But it, honestly, it's harder to be the one that is still alive. At, at least Kev was like, you didn't do anything. You were fine. Yeah. I thought like, he was OK. During it's this. not you. It's like, me. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. It yeah. gets yeah. ruined by the kiss later. That's it's not you. Not it's Alanka. Trying to I hate that. it. I hate that kiss. I hate them. Yeah. as a couple. I'll be honest. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just tough. It's just tough because uh, I like right. you give him a girlfriend because you want to have that kind of tense, this the tension, and then you want to have that scene for story purposes. But really, just if you want them to be together, don't give him a girlfriend, and we don't have to talk about yeah, it. You know what it is? It's just the yeah. old man, the old woman, and the two of them trying to kiss again. Like they're both possessing they're being, these two bodies yeah. and trying to That's trying to true. smooch. I buy that actually, Paul. Okay, so last Midnight Club, right, is our last one. If we don't get a season two, this is our very last one. So Kevin finally finishes his story, which he tells Spence before, like, I don't finish my stories, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we can open the floor for anyone who wants to talk about it. But basically, like, the whole theme is the same thing. He doesn't, he wants to not hurt anybody. Like, he'd rather be the one suffering than have everyone else be hurt like what did did you guys get from it well you you don't care about spence's mom coming finally and giving him a hug my gosh wait wait wait. where is if we're talking about yeah if we're talking about the breakup then we're talking about we got to talk about oh shit i skipped that whole thing yeah sharice's fiance don't do that yeah that that was good i like that (laughs) That but but no i mean how awesome (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Spence's mom coming, loved it. Oh, that was good. Was and the, the Mark smirk was amazing. Yes, 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 yes. Another uh, another point for QB one. And, and this is the family visitation. All right, so we yep. got we got a mesh learning that his parents will hopefully make it back. Um, and we also got Natsuki lives. Natsuki uh, and her mom. You know, now meeting a mesh, and uh, it, it was just really cute. And it's it's funny because. Uh, Kathleen, you said that Rhett was the reason that Alanka decided to stay. And I probably agree with you, you know, seeing that sign, that's probably the reason she wanted to stay. But I was seeing this when Alanka walked in and she saw everybody actually happy with their families. And I was like, all right, maybe this is why she wants to stay. You know, she yeah. realized it is a good place. But I, I also, either way, it's it's good to see everybody happy for once. I also love how Natsuke's mom was speaking another language saying, you know, the embarrassing yeah, stuff. He, he's like, Mom, sh-. and it's like, they don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, they but they're speak. teenagers. It's good. Yeah, stuff. No, I'm kidding. All right. So back to Kev's back story. To what do you guys think? Uh, let Luke? me just say that I've been, I've been waiting for the end of Dusty stories forever. And I was uh, me and Kathleen's solo episode was the the one where Anya, the episode called Anya, where she's in the coma and she sees all these visions. And I was really worried that the last closure we were going to get on Dusty's story was that like quick, just him just hammering uh, Sheila. But thankfully we got this whole thing and we're, I'm happy that they also even cleared up the whole idea of how they're, how the killer was there for decades. It was like this whole possession monster, but overall, you know, they did rush it in the end because it didn't get a full length of all the other stories. But if you add it to the time of the other one, it was good. I really liked uh, Kevin's storytelling the way he was able to like almost swing, but that swings into himself, you know, a uh, mm-hmm. pretty cool way to go out. Um, the only thing is what was special about, I forgot Alonka's character, Sheila. What Sheila. was special about Sheila that, you know, the 
12 other girls in front of her. Well, he actually enough, loved Sheila. So. He loved her, yeah. The other ones were just chicks or dudes or, you know. All right. I never picked up on that. I thought he was just like manipulating her and stuff like that. I didn't know he actually dusty had feelings for he was normal until he was given his orders basically yeah Yeah, right right yeah Mm -hmm. exactly so that was where it kind of threw me off because remember when the story first started i was like he's dexter because i took it like he was manipulating her and i took it like he was just a psychopath but then you know this shows that it was the possession or however you want to say it yeah 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 And then Alanka takes over and she finishes the witch, which I was less interested in, if I'm honest. Totally, totally agree. I was just going to say on my since I'm hating on Alanka this entire episode, (laughs) Alanka literally makes the worst choices and the hardest to root for in episode nine, ten. And has the worst ghost story. <laughs> so I, was I like, liked what are you, what are you everyone finishing table? it. Though. Yeah, I thought that, that was, was cool. To help her. That she couldn't cool. do it. Yeah. So I already kind of gave all of the ghost stories a pass in terms of like plot because they're just mini arcs written by characters in story. They don't have to make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just hate it. The whole idea how they're the witches, like the mom and the daughter, their powers were healing and scrying. And if you heal anybody, you just die. Yeah. And then the scrying thing is like, whatever. What was the scrying thing during the day that didn't help? It's the same thing as night. You just fuck with it. The universe snaps back. It didn't land. This was one of the worst stories um, of the show, I would say. But it does get really, really good when the team comes together to assist and give the alley-oops mm. to finish it. And they're all putting in their own piece. We see Luke and Becky show up again. Yeah. And Luke and Becky is adding the alternate <laughs> She's dimension. Dead. She's good. She died. It was a whole there. thing. Yeah. Um, we, got, we got Anya's mug. You got Anya's, don- Anya's donut mug back yeah, in there. That was yeah. cool. In defense of the witch story, the only thing that I could think of in my head about day versus night was day is the future in general and night is your future. So that's why it screws with you because it, you know, like mm. it it had to do with okay something that you, th- you, know, you thought that out way more than Alaka did. Alaka was yeah, not ready well. for that. Um, <laughs> but also I agree. I really liked all the 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 kids finishing the story for her, great acting. Great acting by Alanka's actress, you know, after when she couldn't finish going back to what I was saying about, you know, you could have done this season and made it one season and not had the supernatural part of the husband and wife ghost or whatever they are, the old man and the old woman. This would have been a, a, a good ending for me. Now it's time to shit on it almost because I don't know about shit on it, but, you know, we took while I'm watching this, even knowing that there's two se- hopefully two seasons. I'm still going, well, I liked these stories, but you just spent 25 minutes out of our hour that we have with these people in the last episode, giving us these stories that are not really fully plot. I I think that they work, right? I didn't love which, but it is her personality, right? She wants to heal people. She'll do anything to help people, right? And, and I mean, I, I think... I loved the stories. I thought they were like a great insight into the people. Even I agree. We're embellished. Obviously, Dusty's not going or Kevin's not going around killing people. But like, I thought a Mesha story was worth all the stories, you know, like yeah. so they were so good. I, I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind the stories. That's the whole point. Let me I honestly let me, think the stories were a plus all the time and right. the rest kind of maybe. Let me away. reiterate what I mean. I'm saying that for the last episode. The stories taking up that much time is what bothered me. 
Okay, I love good, the stories. Because I was going to have a problem if you didn't yeah. say that. No, the, the point of the stories is to learn about the characters. Mm-hmm. By the end, now, again, we didn't realize that there's there's a lot of people that don't know there's going to be a season two. There's a lot of people that are probably very pissed off right now until they look it up, like Kathleen. Mm-hmm. So the story's purposes are, first of all, they're entertaining. But second of all, it's to learn about the character. Well, by mm-hmm. the finale, we shouldn't be learning about the characters anymore. We should be finishing it up. Now, again, there's a second season, so it continues. And it's almost like saying this is the middle of the story. But for a yeah. lot of people right now, they're going, holy shit. We just had this finale thinking it's Hill House, Bly, Midnight Mass, whatever. And 25, 30 minutes of it was learning more about the characters instead of, you know, where's the old man, the old woman and that kind of stuff. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, just it puts a bad taste in my mouth because I'm, I'm waiting mm-hmm. for, you know, Mike Flanagan. Big wrap up finale reveals finally get revealed. Um, and all I can think about is we're getting like a cute little story about mm-hmm. and Alaka is not even, you know, you know, talented anymore. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's cute how everybody f- finishes and and, you know, gives how they feel about each other. They feel like a big family. But I'm like, you know, I would just be so frustrated waiting for a big reveal and then almost getting virtually nothing. Whenever I'm like talking about Flanagan shows, I usually break it up into two parts, like the whole journey and then the ending where Hill House was perfection front to back. I personally am in the mindset where I thought the ending of Bly was amazing, but the ride was a little eh. And then I thought the ride for Midnight Mass was amazing, but the ending was bad. And now for this one, I'm I'm very similar with Midnight Mass to the point where I loved the story so much. One of you just said a plus like they are. I love them so freaking much that I think that this is already this would probably be my second favorite of the Flanagan shows. I'm sorry about mm-hmm. the, the Bly shot there, Kathleen, but okay. I also love the ending of you Bly saying so the much. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once we get the second season, I'm sure that like my whole opinion is going to change the entire thing. But as right. of right now, where we are, like I loved the stories so freaking much. I was never so excited to take notes on just random episodes of one off little things just because I knew like you didn't have to pay that much attention. You just sit back, enjoy, learn about your characters, their psyche and how it like plays into the bigger themes. And it was just so good for me that yeah. I, I'm just extra disappointed with this ending, getting nothing to build on that. Right. right. And to that's build what on I that. was trying to say. And you kind of just did a lot better. The, uh, <laughs> the, the interjections of everybody else at the table while the storytelling is going on, they give such a good comedic relief. Yeah. Like Kevin, Kevin ripping about the sports team as you know, Spence is going through, it just adds so much more to it. So the stories were so fun. Um, and yeah, I don't even know if there's going to be a season two. Are they going to continue doing this? Like we finally, it seems like we got a story from everybody. We're going to have new characters or, or whatever. It's, it's going to be really cool. interesting. Well, we got to finish this last scene, right? So yeah, let's just, just right, finish right. the scene. Let me just say, this is this is not important, but I did like how they brought Sandra into the final story as well, too. Like, that, well, her character, her actor was shown. And it's so funny. I don't know if you guys noticed, but ever, lately, I guess since their fight, maybe, Spence always winks at her. And Spence's character in the story even winked at her, even though it isn't that. really those two. It's not that's the two sweet. of them. And I was like, oh, that's funny. That's cute. I like that. So I like cute. that their like come up friendship was a really good story. I liked that. Yeah. And their goodbye was really sweet as well. So really quick, Alonka tells the crew about the leg, which is obviously dope. Then we move on to Kevin Alonka. Alonka's basically like, I didn't like the ending. Like it, the, dying basically is a really flirting. shitty. 
yeah, dying is a really shitty reason not to live, etc. We already kind of touched on how everyone feels about that. And then the final scene. So we get Stanton. She's going in. We pan. I didn't even bother reading anything on the clipping. If anyone has because <laughs> you saw the old man and old lady. I was just like, that's good enough for me. And we knew they just bought the real it's estate. Just saying there they bought the, I was, Yeah, right. Yeah, there exactly. wasn't anything there. And and then she sits down in front of the fire. You see the paragon on her neck and the bald head. She takes her wig off. So I thought, Jimmy, I really was like confirmed. Athena, that's Athena. Me too. So, OK, I don't need to get into it too much. I kind of started saying it earlier. I screwed up because I was thinking that um, Regina, when we saw her, I forgot it was in the past. So, Third, yeah, so Regina at this point could be very, very old or or dead. And Stanton would just be her daughter 30 years later. That's fine. And it's yeah. funny how that works, because I just took it as like, oh, they have a cliffhanger ending where Stanton's actually bad and she's part of the Paragon, too. And maybe there's just some kind of power trip fight between her and Julia. And that's the story for now. But that's OK. So, yeah, and I'm on your side 100 percent now. There's no doubt in my mind that oh. that's Athena. I would have been in almost saying that 100% confirmed if they didn't show that last scene as her being Athena. But I don't know if that's just me or you needed that as as like explicit confirmation just from I the context. Clues. I thought we I thought I needed we needed that. OK, OK. I like the alopecia uh, aspect from it too, Kathleen. I didn't even think about that. I thought, you know, cancer, chemo, she's losing her hair, but mm. it doesn't really make sense because we don't see her being sick. Um, so I'm. I'm all about that. I mean, it's just almost more evidence to the fact. Mm-hmm. All right. We're here. Where does the story go? We know that there's supposed to be a season two. Where no does idea. the story go? Because we have cliffhanger with Anya's statue. We have the old man. The old lady is a huge cliffhanger. We have Julia got away and we have Stan's Athena. So, like, what story do you want to tell here? I, we're going back to, like, if Nazi's correct and it's just the old man, the old lady are feeding off the years they have left. Is that the story we're telling? Like, is Julia going to try to break back in? Like, Stan not being bad is kind of a wrench to me because that's just proof she's good. Like, there's nothing really to that. Like, oh, yeah, you're Athena. So, yeah, you're great that you're Athena, but you're not bad. So you, you don't have anything specific to do except protect the house. I think you're basically the way you're phrasing these questions is summing up my thoughts on the idea that if there is going to be a season two, they should have leaned into it more because right. they, them kind of making it a soft ending where it can stand alone. It, first of all, it's not satisfying for the season one watch. And two, it's like you're saying, people probably don't even know that there's going to be a second season. There wasn't right. enough open ended. There's not enough good questions out there. There's still stuff there for us to work with. Like Shasta escaped. We got to deal with and Julia. We got to deal with her. And then Alanka getting healed and whatever. You know, there's a couple of things, but they should have leaned into it more, had more obvious questions we need answering and have more just obvious twists left on the table where now we can't even really guess. It would just be total yeah. random dart throws. What's the substance? That's my question. What substance is there? Like, what Shasta. can they tell me for a season about the old man, the old lady now? I mean, I think I was, it's old man, old lady, where Athena's been all this time. Like, what was her journey with this? Then we've got the kids. We've got new kids coming in as well. That's that's where it would the be. The ritual I mean. 
has supernatural yeah. things like the shadow monster, whatever Anya saw and whatever that is in the house is, is on the table still. But that's pretty much the end of my list I have written down. Right. Shasta was just my big thing. She got away. She's obviously trying to do something. The ritual she didn't complete, obviously, because Alanka didn't do it. So what's the deal with her and her whole fucking farm shit? Healing file. vortex, not answer. Yeah, yeah, it's just. But again, where the, the energy comes bullshit, from? Or is she a crazy biatch? Like, did we did we lean really into the healing vortex thing enough? Like, I would have was wondering if the water was going to be curing someone if they drink it. Or, I mean, honestly, at this point, nothing. Everything could be knocked away as not supernatural, except the old man, the old lady, and if we want to say the death thing. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. else could be could be bullshit. I'll be honest, yeah, right. I, I, I love the season, love the show, but I kind of have a bad taste in my mouth because of this finale. It, it's weird. It's Midnight Mass again, man. This is exactly how I felt after Midnight Mass. I don't regret it. I love the ride, and it was a good show. I would still say that this was a really good show. It's just yeah. the satisfying piece is what you're left thinking about, and this mm-hmm. is kind of where we're at. But it was a I, Flanagan story, high quality, high yeah. production value. I was happy to watch it. I'll watch every fucking show he ever makes ever. So yep. like I'm ready for it. And if he does come out with a season two, I'm, I'm fucking first in line to podcast on it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I trust him 100 percent if he has a season two in his head. And he obviously has to have something in his head because I don't believe he would have ended it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and it was based on a book, too. So there's probably. Yeah, is, like, things. right. Let's you got the do... tree, right? The initials in the tree. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely Gina Ballard. That's still, yeah, that holds up. Um, no, that is canon. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. that canon. is what it is. Yeah, totally that was a great agree. call. Yeah, <laughs> I lose. Um, I wasn't let's on the do around so now. You. you weren't, yeah. Let's do a round table about everybody's like after season one finish, everybody's favorite character at the end, and then also everybody's favorite ghost story. And like I thought about mine, so I can start here um, yeah, because my same. initial answer, because we, we did the initial take after the first two episodes and we talked about like who we went around, did the same exact thing, except for the character wise. And I was Kevin right off the bat. We acknowledge he was sketchy. But at this point, at the end, I actually surprised myself. But I think Spence turned into my favorite character. That's good. And it, and it, it might be recency biased. It, because of how great episode nine was and it shined over episode 10, but also like he, after he opened up and it started happening around episode three or four and he was like cool with Mark, he was cool with me. And then it was, uh, he was just like likable. And I don't know, he just, he just really did it for me in the back half of the, of the season. And he became my favorite. Um, and then favorite short story is Natsuki's with Henry Thomas. Um, wow. I thought it was, yeah, yeah. I, I know you're going to say Amesh's because that, yeah. that's yeah. definitely 1A, 1B. But mm-hmm. I, I think I ended on Natsuki's because I don't know. I like the trippiness of it being like a metaphor for her almost suicide yeah. or almost yeah. death in the garage. And Henry Thomas was crazy. And I was trying to get I, that had me on the edge of my seat trying to guess and like them passing the uh, the hitchhiker that turned out to be Natsuki. All of it was so freaking well done. And that one was actually scary because yeah. you didn't know if she was going to die or not. So that mm-hmm. turned into my favorite short story. I'm going to piggyback off that. And that's actually my favorite short story too. It was so nice. good. Um, it, just phenomenal figuring out. You're like, what the fuck is this? The first five minutes. And then you slowly get pieces together. The tennis ball 
hitting oh. the windshield was was brilliant. Yeah, um, yep. because it, it was just very very well told short story. Um, I thought it was then, an apple. I didn't even realize it was a tennis ball. I was <laughs> oh like, what the fuck's that green thing in the fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my favorite character, I think, has got to be a mesh man. He's just he's so good. He's so funny. He always seems like he's lighthearted and he seems like he's almost, you know, they're all struggling, but he seems like he's like starting to really, really struggle now, especially on the decline. He's so mm-hmm. funny. I love that he's a gamer and I love the story. So a mess, just a A plus guy. Jimmy. I'll jump in and say I'm going to let you talk about the story, Kathleen, because I think Amesh's story was the best, but I also agree with you, Luke and Paul, that I really, really did love a Natsuki story. Um, and you guys pick a lane, it. bro. You can't you can't play all these sides. You We're, did one A, one B. And so and I'm not even going to get I'm just going one A, one B here. But no, but I went I went okay. to mesh number one then. So but I just okay. wanted to say, you know, that's my runner up because I did enjoy it as well. Um, my two favorite, if I can't say Mark, because he's not really a main character. You can I'm say going, Mark. Well, yeah, I like Mark a lot, but I'm going Spence <laughs> as well, Luke. I mean, you I think you nice. nailed it. I honestly do think that going through, I thought he had the best character progression storyline wise. I think that, like you said, he opened up. But then I just love how, you know, he had something that he had to come to terms with. We saw everybody around him you know, showing their love for him. We got to see the scenes with Mark. We got to see um, the scenes where, you know, like Kathleen said, it's a shame, but he finally sees um, people that he can, you know, believe in something with. And, and you know, again, it's a shame that he's going to die and not get to see, you know, the future. But the the part where he speaks to his mom, his mom mm-hmm. actually showing up, like this just the progression of his story just did it for me big. So I'm going yeah. with Spence. Anya and Spence had the best character work on this show, in my opinion. Yeah. Just yeah. And, uh, and speaking I, of that, Anya is my favorite character. Yeah, I think Anya was mine from the start. I'm yeah. going to keep it with her till the end. I think she really held, hold, held it down for seven straight episodes. And even her little guest spots on the on the side stories were fucking fire. So I'll give it to Anya R.I.P. And I also will say Amesha's story was my favorite. And Luke put it in the best way, saying it was such a Black Mirror episode. And I think after he tells it, someone says, I think Kevin's is like, call Spielberg or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, yeah, that was the most fully mm-hmm. fleshed out. It made the most sense. It, it There was no like plot holes. It was good. Raul Coley was in it. I thought it was the most easy to rewatch as well when I was rewatching sometimes on the other ones during my second rewatch I'd skip through the story just to make the rewatch faster because watching four hours before a pod is a lot to do so I would skip through but I did not skip through Amesha's story so I'll give it to Anya and Amesha's story Amesha's a close second I even would like to say that Shasta was a really compelling character she's not my favorite because like she's probably like the villain right but she is my favorite in the sense where every time she was on the screen, I'm like, who is this bitch? She was yeah. she was bright girl, <laughs> really like she was bright girl. She was like making me pumped up every time she was on until she just like her stock plummeted. But plot mover, all, all, plot mover. Good stuff by Flanagan. I think that and everyone could just say real quick where it ranks of the four. I'm going to say third with Midnight Mass being last. Yeah, I'll say third. It's tied probably closer to second than, you know, tied for fourth or for me, but I'll I'll place it right in three. 
I need to rewatch a Bly bad, but for now I'm going Hill House, Bly, Midnight Club, Midnight Mass. Okay, and I already said mine. I have it as second because of the character work and because I love the story so much. Hey, Luke, yours is Hill House, Midnight Club, Midnight Mass, Bly. No, I have Midnight Mass at the bottom. Oh, shit. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else we want to talk about? That was good. I, I loved doing that. That was a great pod for all five episodes. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's really every great Flanagan show, we have a blast. All yeah. three of us just hot. hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, um, yeah. Just Flanagan's awesome. I, we dissect the shitting out. Dissecting the shit <laughs> out of it is, is so fun. Disappointing sometimes when. Yeah, have really good ideas and they lead nowhere. Not saying they don't lead anywhere, but not having confirmation at the end of the season stinks. Yeah, I I think it's worth saying really, really quickly that there is a chance that there won't be a season two. You know, Mm -hmm. we've heard that Netflix didn't like the viewership numbers and it was number one, like Sandman. But yeah, I mean, ridiculous. It is crazy. And it really puts a bad taste in your mouth if you're someone like Flanagan who's going to create this story hoping there's a two, a second mm. season, and then they pull the rug out from under you. I mean, we don't even need to bring up like the OA and even Sense8 and things like that. I mean, those are old school, but, you know, it's a shame. And I and we don't even know how good Netflix did with the promotion of Midnight Club because I wasn't seeing it too much on Netflix. Mike Flanagan himself tweeted about the fact that it wasn't seeing it on the front page. And he was asking if other people were, and people were tweeting back at him saying they had to look for it. So if you don't give it a shot, meaning Netflix, then, you know, what do you expect? So hopefully we get a second season because we were calling out the plot holes or calling out things we didn't like. But again, anything Mike Flanagan is better than most. So we want Mm -hmm. a season two. A season two could literally skyrocket this like right up next to um, Hill House. If, oh, if they cover if, all the holes together and everything like if that. If they fix this, then it's two for me. Like, I don't know what's ever going to beat Hill House, but if they yeah. fi- if they add to it and it and it works, then boom. It, I mean, two by a lot to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's the episode. We are done. We have to wait a whole nother year, either for season two or fall the House two of Usher. Let's talk about that really quick, because you know that he's doing Fall of the House of Usher and he does one a year. So that means that we won't get Midnight well, Club till at least 2020. This is unprecedented. Four. He could have it running in parallel. You never but know. But we don't hear that it's it's filming yet. So it definitely won't be ready for next October. Yeah, true. But yeah, so that was the episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, give Ben Chan TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We've covered all the Flanagan shows, we cover all different kinds of shows. Go give us a look. BenChanTV.com. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can just scroll for our 300 episodes, baby. We Heck covered yeah. this, we covered that, and we covered your favorite shows. I bet we did. So go check out currently House of the Dragon, Vampire Academy, if you're watching that on Peacock, or Rick and Morty for a fun little haunt. You know what I'm saying? We are Binge Town TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.